Good morning, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. Continue. We left off the last line on the bottom of page seventy-three B, the seventh chapter, Pedig Merubim Bavakama. Dedicate this class to our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, especially those on the front lines. A hundred days, the, the captives all be freed and returned home safely to their families. And that all the wounded have a full and speedy recovery. So yesterday we learned that Rabbi says that witnesses, two sets of witnesses contradict each other and we throw out their testimony from court. And then and then one of the set of witnesses becomes an Adizemimim. The witnesses come and testify that they weren't even present, they couldn't even have testified. So we don't say, well, if it's been thrown out, the testimony has been thrown out, it's been thrown out. We don't say that. We say that the, the contradiction was the beginning of Azam. Because both Azam and Akasha, they're both basically saying what you're saying is a lie. Either first case because what you're saying is not true, it didn't happen, something else happened. These are the two witnesses said away in the country taking each other. Or in the case of Azama, we're saying you, couldn't, you weren't even there. You, you don't know one way or the other, you weren't even present. But either way, what you're saying is a lie. So therefore, it's, it's not like it's a continuation of the original uh, refutation. It's just taking the refutation to a different level that not only... Uh, we, you know, not only is it alive because what you said is not what happened, something else happened, you weren't even there. I don't, I, you know, you weren't even present. So therefore, we, they do apply the laws of Adam Zem. That you have to punish them, whatever they try to do to others, as you have to be done to them. And Rav approved it from a Braise, because it said in the Braise, basically the way he interpreted the Braise, that a witnesses come and testify that the master... The master, master punched out the, the tooth of his slave. What happens if you punch out your slave? Is not your punching bag. A Canaanite slave, you can't just go and treat him like a human being. You can't just hurt them and, you know, because I'm in a mood and I'll treat him as my slave and whip them and, and just hurt them. No, if you, Torah says if you knock out his tooth, he goes free. So he knocked out his tooth. So the witnesses say that the master knocked out the slave, the Canaanite non-Jewish slave's tooth, and he went free and then he blinded him. Now he has to pay because he's a free person. Like any other person, you blind someone, you have to pay the full market value, whatever the market value is. And then come along another set of witnesses. He said, no, what happened is the reverse. The master knocked out his eye. So therefore he went free. He didn't have to pay for his eye. He lost. He had to pay more than just an eye. He, he, he lost the whole slave. Then he knocked out his tooth. Okay, how much, do you, how much does the tooth cost already? Very little. So they tried to deprive the slave of the payment of an eye. Instead, they got the payment of a tooth. Then they become Adam Zaymanus. So it turns out, so they have to pay. It says they have to pay. So they have to pay the slave. They have to pay the, uh, the amount that they try to take away the pride of the slave. According to the first witnesses, the slave was going to get the value of the high. A very significant sum of money. Here, they, they, because of their false testimony, the slave now is only going to get the, the, the value of a tooth. So that's what they have to pay. So the question is, we see from here, even though they, they already contradicted, 
when the first witnesses came, the second one, they already contradict each other. First the witness says the master knocked out his eye, his tooth. The next second the witness says he knocked out his eye. So we should, dis- you know, so they contradict it. And then when the witnesses come and say, how could they testify? They weren't even present. Their, wit- their testimony was already thrown out of court. If there's no law of uh, Azama anymore, that's not what we say. We say there is a law of Azama. And whenever they try to deprive the slave, they have to pay. So we see that we say that it's one continuation. Either way, it's a contradiction of what you're saying. Basically, it's a refutation of your testimony. So it's a continuation, and therefore it is valid, and you have the penalty of Azama. Abaya refutes this. Abaya says your understanding of the Bryce is incorrect. I can tell you that in your scenario, where the witnesses contradict each other, we throw them out of court. Once you throw them out of court, there's no more Azama. There's no testimony to apply the, word, the, the penalty of Azama. We threw them out of court already. We don't believe them. We don't trust them. It's as if they never testified. So were you coming and telling me oh, they weren't present? We already, we're not even paying attention to the testimony. So you can't punish them. What's the correct understanding of the Braith? And Braith alone. Braith is talking about There's only two sets of witnesses. The first set of witnesses that said that the master uh, poked him in the eye, blinded him, and therefore he went free, and then he punched out his, his feet. The second set, and then the second set of witnesses. The second set of witnesses did two things. They said, number one, you weren't even present. How could you testify? Number two, what you're saying that happened, happened at different times. And we were present, and we know exactly what happened. And what happened was the exact opposite. The master knocked out his tooth, and he went free. Then he blinded him. So he, the master has to pay him for the value of the eye. Therefore, based on their testimony, the, the, the slave goes free. Because the second set of witnesses, the kosher witnesses, they're testifying, they're saying two, two, two testimonials, they're giving two testimonials simultaneously. One is, you weren't present, on the day that you said this happened, you weren't even present, you were with us, we were skiing up north. And, and, the, the, and, and secondly, regarding the slave, we actually were there when it happened. It wasn't the time that you said it happened, it was a different time. You weren't there, we were there. And what happened was the exact opposite of what you said. So based on their testimony, they said that the master punched his tooth, he goes free. The only difference between their testimony and the first witnesses, according to the first witnesses, the slave only gets the value of a tooth, bupkis. According to the second set of witnesses, second set of witnesses, right, he gets the eye, which is a lot. He says, how do we know this? How do we know that, that that's the meaning of the bride? So we continue in 74a. With the safe, the meipach vazom, the reishonami, the meipach vazom. The end of the Braise, you have to say that the second set of witnesses both both testify that they are false witnesses, they weren't present, and they turn around the testimony to say what happened is the exact opposite of the first witnesses testified. So to the first part also you have to say that. What, what do you mean? What's it referring to? He's quoted, we learn at the end of that Braise, which he didn't quote yet. 
He's quoting now the safe and then the Brais Meidnus is plain. What if the first set of witnesses come and say that he, the, the, the master knocked out the tooth of his Canaanite non-Jew slave and he set him free and he was free and then he blinded him. He has to pay like anyone else. You blind a, a person, you have, to, you have to pay for the damage. The servant is happy with his testimony because he's going to get a lot of money. He was freed with the tooth, and he's going to guess the value of the eye. And then it turns out that the witnesses' false testimony, because they weren't even present, testify one way or the other. They have to pay the master. They try to cause the master to pay the value of the eye. Okay, that's the price. The question is, Echidami, the Braitha makes absolutely no sense. What, what are we talking about over here? How is this? If the last witnesses, they have no say. They're not saying anything about whether the master, the master caused the defect in the servant or not. All they're saying is, you weren't there. We don't know anything about this case. Maybe it did happen, maybe it didn't happen. We don't know what happened, but you were with us. If that's the case, what do you mean? Then the first witnesses tried to set the servant free. Maybe, the maybe yeah, his tooth is knocked out. You can take a look. You can see the tooth is knocked out. You can see that he's blinded. But who said the master did it? Maybe he did it to himself, and maybe it was an accident. Uh, you know, it doesn't set him free. So because of their, the first witness's te- false testimony, they were going to deprive the master of a slave. Why are they only paying the value of the eye? They didn't just deprive him of the eye, they deprived him of the slave. Or rather, pshita, it's obvious. We have to say what the b'raisa means. Everyone agrees. Even the second set of witnesses, and not just coming to testify that the first set of witnesses are false witnesses, they weren't present. Also coming to testify about the matter at hand also. We know what happened. And the owner really did hit the slave. And the slave does go free. But what they're saying is, they're saying what happened was the exact opposite. But really, so if they're agreeing, so why does the first set of witnesses have to pay for the eye? You're agreeing, that's what happened. So, You're saying that's what happened, exactly what they're saying. So what? So the, the, we didn't try to deprive the master of anything. No, because they changed it around. What really happened was that the master blinded him and he went free, and then he punched him in the mouth and he, he tacked out his tooth. So he has to pay him bupkis, pennies, for the tooth. Instead, the first witnesses said the exact opposite. They lied about the whole story. First, they weren't even there, but they made up. They lied about what really happened. For they said that the master knocked out the tooth and set him free, and then he blinded him, and now the master has to pay out of pocket. Not only did he lose the slave, bad enough that he lost the slave, now he has to, on top of that, he has to pay for his eye. But in reality, he only has to pay for his tooth. That's what he's saying. They didn't say, the false witnesses have to pay for the eye. So since the end of the Brais is talking about this, that scenario, with the sec- there's only two set of witnesses. And the second set of witnesses are giving two testimonials. One, that the first witnesses are false. They weren't present. They can't be witnesses. Period. And secondly, let us tell you what did happen, because we were there. And it's the exact opposite of what happened. So therefore, the first part of the Brais is the same thing.
So don't bring any proof that even in the case where you have three witnesses and the first two contradict each other and we throw out the testimony and then the third set of witnesses come and testify about one of the sets that they weren't even present that we apply the laws of Azama. Who says? Once we throw them out the testimony then it no longer applies. Azama no longer applies. Because unless you figure that one out, I don't know what According to Abaya, how is the what is how how we're talking? About? How is this? Still doesn't make sense. If the last witnesses testified after the first witnesses or, or later, but they're saying what happened. In other words, the first witnesses say that on Sunday. Unless the mask will knock out, knocked out the tooth of his, of his son. The second set of witnesses on Sunday, we were out of town. What are you, what are you talking about? We weren't even present. Now, regarding your testimony, we, it happened on Monday. We were there on Monday. And I'll tell you exactly what happened, the exact opposite of what you said. Then the first witnesses, the false witnesses, why are they getting off with just paying for the eye? They should pay for the servant. Because on Sunday, he was still the servant of the master. Based on their testimony, their false testimony, they forced the master, they compelled the master, the court to sentence the master that he has to free his, free his servant. So they deprived him of a full servant. So they should pay the full value of the servant. It Torah says, whatever they try to do, you do to them. You try to take away at Sunday, the master didn't have to give away his servant. He made a full, a Baba Maizad, blood libel. And based on him, the court forced him, forced his hand. You have to pay the full. I, on Monday, I poked out his eye, or this. That wasn't one of them to the other. That, that's nothing to do with you. So they should pay two things. They should pay for the, they should pay for the full slave. Why, why only for the eye? On Sunday, when they obligated the master to free his slave, at that time, it was, he, had no, he had no reason to, come to, to, to free his slave. Why should he free his slave? The slave, the slave was his. Rather, what happened? Yeah, they have to say, we have to say, they're talking about, the first witnesses said that on Sunday, the master... The second witnesses who say you weren't even present, you can't believe it, but regarding what actually happened, let's tell you what happened. It didn't happen on Sunday, it happened on Friday. And we were there, and it happened the exact opposite, and you weren't there, it happened the exact opposite of what you said. First the master knocked out his, blinded him, and then he knocked out his teeth. So, so, okay, he said, mother continues, if it's talking about the badin, when did the master when did they even if they say it happened on Friday but when when was he sentenced in court when did the court give the verdict that the master has to free him if it didn't happen till after they testified you're saying that the second set of witnesses are coming now and telling us now what happened when are they coming after the fact, after the first witnesses came. So the witnesses come to court on Monday and they say to the court, you know, yesterday we saw this and this happened. The master punched out his, his servant's eye and, and knocked out his eye and then he, then he punched his tooth out. So the master, so the servant has to go free and the master has to pay 
Yeah. I'm sorry, for the eye. For, just the opposite. He knocked out his tooth. And then, uh, uh, yeah. He has to pay for the eye. Come along the second set of witnesses. They come on Tuesday. And they say, no, you weren't present on Sunday. You claim you were there. On Sunday, you weren't, we were out of town. It's impossible. You can't testify. And regarding the fact of the matter, what happened was on Friday, Master first knocked out his eye. And that's when he, that's when he goes free because of the eye. And then he knocked out his tooth. He only has to pay for it. The court is hearing this for the first time. So when does the court decide that he goes free? On Tuesday. So when they testified, the first witness testified on Monday, he was still free. Even though what happened, what triggers the uh, the slave going free didn't happen already, happened already on Friday. Before their testimony, before they said it happened on Sunday. It doesn't matter. You don't go free until the court tells you you go free. So it didn't happen until Tuesday. So when they came and testified, he was still a free person. Even though the episode that triggered the whole thing happened already happened. It doesn't matter. So they tried to take a, free, a slurve, slave who the court did not sentence him to be free. They, they compelled him to free him. So they should pay for the, first, for the full slave. Because he was never obligated. Even though what happened already happened, happened earlier in the past. But it didn't matter. Until the court says, compels you to free him, he's still my slave. So you forced me to free, on Monday you forced me to free a slave that I wasn't yet forced to, I, I shouldn't have yet been freed. I shouldn't have freed, been compelled to free because there was no real testimony. Ella, rather, we have to say, we have to say, he's talking about a case, he was already, he already was sentenced already. Before this first set of witnesses, before the witnesses came and testified, the false witnesses came and testified. And he was already obligated, he was already sentenced by the court to free his slave. And what happened was he ran away. The master ran away with his slave. The slave came to the master and said, came to another court and demanded from his master to fulfill the verdict of the other court, the first court. They should pay what he owes him. That's the way it is. So he brought the first set of witnesses who happened to be false witnesses. Because he wanted not only to go free, he wanted also to get the value of his eye on top of that. And then it turns out that false witnesses, witnesses come and say, how could you testify if you were impressed? But either way, they, what they're saying is it was already decided already. He's not coming to say for the first time. He's not coming to the court and testifying for the first time. He's coming to the court and telling them it was already decided in court already. It happened already. It was already sentenced. My master was already sentenced to free me and to pay me for my eye. But he ran away. So now I'm bringing him to court to this new city that he ran away from. He thinks he ran away from justice. I'm holding him to court and demanding he should fulfill the verdict of the court. So therefore, when the witnesses come and testify that you weren't present, and then they testify what the real verdict was, the real verdict was the exact opposite of what, of what you said. What really happened was, at first, he knocked out his eye, blinded him. 
And then he knocked out his tooth. And this, the sentence of the first court was, you go free and pay him for enough for a tooth. Instead, you're testifying that, yes, he goes free, and that's true. But on top of it, you wanted to pay for the value of the eye. You're twisting the story. So that's the penalty they have to pay. But they tried to deprive the master of forcing and compelling him to pay for the eye. But free, he was going to go free anyway. It was already decided before it. So they compelled him to do something that was already compelled, it was already decided. So you can't punish them for that. It was already, it happened already. The verdict happened already. The master and the slave, the court will tell you for the first wound, you go free, and then the second wound, you have to pay. Yeah. How we prove. Which part is Rava? Rava is saying, Rava explained the Baraisa is talking about the three sets of witnesses. One witness comes and testifies, and they contradict each other. One says he knocked out the eye first, the other one says he knocked out the tooth first. And therefore, we throw both of them out, both of their, both of their testimonies out, and then comes a third set and, and says that one of these sets are false witnesses, they weren't even present. This is Mehecha. From which part of the Baraisa does Rava? Deduct and prove prove his his law. Elam, are you going to say mid Aisha from the first part of the Baraisa? Aisha, Mikim Skashche, Mitzioi, How could you say that if this is a case of Akasha, where the two witnesses are contradicting each other and we throw out the testimony from the court? It's not true. Even the Elam is not. If this, if this, the second set. If their testimony, if they were not caught to be false witnesses, by the, by the third, Sadusa Kavasika we would have we would have affirmed, we would have accepted their testimony, because the dinner the Kavasaya Paskina, because Yeshbuchal Masayim Man, when they say, when the second set said no, that the master first knocked out his eye. And then he knocked out his tooth. So they're only obligating the master to pay for the tooth. Why would you? And then the first set, the exact opposite happened. First he knocked out the uh, tooth and was free on the tooth. And he has to pay. Then he knocked out, blinded him, and he has to pay for the eye. Why would you throw them both out? You would, you would accept. Say, listen, between the two of them, everyone agrees he has to pay the value of a tooth, whatever that amount is. The other one says he has to pay much, much, much more than that. Not just he can't get away with just paying the value of a tooth. He has to pay a lot more. But everyone agrees that this amount of money he owes. So why would you throw out his testimony? No, you don't throw out his testimony. You have a contradiction. So I, I don't know which one is that. One of you is a liar. One of you is telling you that. I don't know what happened. But according to both of you, it's like you both, one says you owe $100, one says you owe $200. Yes, you contradict yourself. But at least $100 you owe. We're not throwing it out. Oh, go home. You don't pay anything. It's ridiculous. So it's not a good, it's not a good, it's not a good proof. So then, because we accept their testimony, at least pay the 100 at least pay the value of the two. Then when the third set of witnesses come and says you weren't there, you know why? Because 
because your testimony is, is affirmed. We are following your testimony. So therefore, we didn't throw you out as if you never testified. So therefore, you have a penalty of Azama. What are you bringing a proof to your, your principle that even if we completely throw out the testimony because they contradict each other, nevertheless, once one of them becomes Adam Zemin, we give him the full penalty of Azama. Even though their testimony was already thrown out of court. How can you bring a proof from this Braizer? This Braizer, we didn't throw out the testimony, we accepted the testimony. The first one is thrown out. The first one who's trying to obligate him to pay for the value of the eye, very expensive, that we throw out. But the middle one? We accept. And that's why when they are found out to be Adam Zemin, we punish them with a full with a full with the full force of the law. So where you bring the proof? Where's Rabba's proof? It was not necessarily possible. So you might answer to Ravach. Rav doesn't bring a proof from the beginning of the Brais. His proof is from the end of the Brais. But Rav since the first part of the Baraisa is talking about a case, we have three sets of witnesses. The first two contradict each other, and the third one says that one of these witnesses is Adam Zem, and the false witnesses weren't even present. So the end of the Baraisa, the second case of the Baraisa, is also talking about the same case. The case of three witnesses, three sets. It's also too, the Sefer Nami, What's the safe? How would he explain the safe? Two witnesses say, First he knocked out his tooth and then Simeon, and then he blinded. So the owner has to pay the eye, right? And the court sentenced the owner, free the slave, and on top of that, pay him the value for blind for his eye. Another set of witnesses came by and they said the exact opposite. First, first the master blinded him and he went and he goes free because he blinded him and then he pushed and then he knocked out his tooth. So the they're contradicting each other. Now all he has to pay is the value of the of the tooth, right? So in this case, and then comes along the third group and said that you were with us. So in the, in the second case, it was the middle witnesses who said, yeah, that he knocked out his tooth. And in the second case, they said, on the first witnesses that they're false witnesses. They said about the first witnesses that they're false witnesses. So the first ones are false. So they tried, they tried to compel. They have to pay. The first witnesses have to pay. The master, they tried to compel him to pay the value of the eye. When in reality, what really happened was the exact opposite. The 
master first knocked out his eye and he went free and then they knocked out his tooth. All they have to pay is for the tooth. So he forced the false witnesses to pay what they tried to deprive the master. That testimony was completely thrown out. That testimony was contradicted because the second set of witnesses no, it was only, only the tooth that he knocked out last. He only has to pay for a tooth. And nevertheless, we give them the full brunt of the punishment. I see some like his even though their testimony was already thrown out of court. Nevertheless, we still, the testimony is still considered that we give him the punishment of Adam Zayman. That's Rabbi's group. Let after the master. If you're going to say that it's not one continuation, because both testimonies, the first two contradicting each other, and the Adam Zayman coming and saying, also contradicting them, that your testimony is wrong. Not because what happened didn't happen. Not because what you say didn't happen. Something else happened. You weren't even present. It's one continuation. If you don't say that, why do they pay? They already were thrown out of court. This is Rav's court. How will Abayah explain to you? He says, He says, Maybe in the Reisha, you have to explain that it's talking about three, three sets of witnesses. Because it does say, previously he said no, that it's talking about two sets of witnesses. Now he's saying, maybe, maybe you're right, maybe the first part of the Reisha, it's talking about three sets of witnesses. Why? Why would I say that? Because it says, that it's good. It's good for the master, the second, the middle witness, the second set of witnesses, the testimony is good for the master. So that signifies, that indicates that there was another set of witnesses. The first set of witnesses was no good for them. The first set of witnesses wanted him to pay for the eye. The second set of witnesses oh, says, no, you only have to pay for a tooth. So he's happy with his uh, testimony. I'm getting off the hook. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you're right. And then comes a witness and says that the second set of witnesses were false witnesses. But, but, but save for Lomeli, just because the, the first part of the Brais is talking about three sets of witnesses, what compels you to say that the second part of Brais is talking about three sets of witnesses? Save for Lomeli. Should I ever when it says that the the, ma- the slave is happy with the testimony, doesn't mean here we can say because Eved Bakaldu In the first case, says the master is happy. The master is happy. The master is happy because he only has to pay. He only has to pay for a tooth. So the master is very happy with that testimony. So he has to pay the master. He tried to deprive the master of. Uh, he tried to deprive the slave of, 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 the, of the eye. But in the second case, where he says the slave is happy, doesn't mean because. Happy over your testimony of another testimony because I, I got the eye over over the tooth. I'm getting more money. 
getting better. I'm getting free. <laughs> He's happy because either way, I'm getting free. I don't need a different eye or tooth. I'm free. That, that, that's, that's gravy on the, on the that's icing on the cake. More importantly, I'm getting free. So I'm happy with any testimony. This way, that way, the other way. What do I care? As long as I'm free. Whatever you say is happy. The next big haters, I'm going free. Are you kidding me? Give me a little less money. Just free me. You might ask, Master of Zaid. Why don't we say Sim? Why don't we say that if the master blinded his eye, we continue in side B. Nepik Bain, yeah. He goes free because he blinded him. If he knocked out his tooth, he goes out. But Sima Zene, Hippolashine, Nepik Bain, Nebashine. How do I know? Your question, really, you asked earlier. How do I know that if he knocks out his eye, if he blinds him, and then he knocks out his tooth, or vice versa, he goes free on the tooth, and then he has to pay for it? Maybe no. If you knock out one, you go free. If you knock out two, you go free. I'm giving you you. Your, your freedom is more valuable than your tooth and your, your eye. Who says on top of that you also have to pay for the second? Where do we know this from? Where do we know this from? I'm going to buy you, buy you, buy answer. Alecha, on your question, the Pasuk answers your question. It says in the Pasuk, in Mishpatim, Tachas Eina. It says, Eina, he goes free because of his eye. Because of only one organ. It's, it's the knocking out of one organ that, that triggers your freedom. Anything else on top of that, that you have to pay. Because of you knocked out the tooth. Not because of two. So for the other one, you have to pay. Okay. Now the Gemara is trying to bring a proof to Rav's position that a kosher tchilas is on me. We also learn in our Mishnah that Rav is correct. It says in our Mishnah, if two witnesses come and testify that the person stole a sheep or an ox, and then he went ahead and he slaughtered or sold the pita. The same witnesses. It turns out they're false witnesses. They have to pay everything. They tried to force him. They tried to force him to pay four sheep and five ox. And they were false witnesses. My okay, that's the mission. So my love, surely the mission is talking about. Isn't the mission talking about any case? The idu alaganev. On Sunday they testified that the, they came to the court and testified that this person stole the sheep in the act. The chazru they came back to court on Monday. They idu alatvicha. They testified that now he went ahead and he slaughtered it. Do you still trust God? Or he sold it. But who's Mu and on Tuesday was more like a neighbor? 
On Tuesday, witnesses come and say, how could you testify that he stole it on Sunday? We were out of town on Sunday. You weren't even present. For Chazru, and then the same witnesses came back to court on Wednesday. And then they said, how could you testify that on Monday he slaughtered it? We were out of town on Monday also. Since they already were established as false witnesses in regarding to the theft. So in regards to the slaughtering, they're already contradicted. Their testimony is already contradicted. Because if there's no theft, you can't obligate him. He's not liable for slaughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what he slaughtered? Even if what you're saying is correct. So he slaughtered, you're not allowed to slaughter your own animal. If he didn't steal his animal, if you weren't present and you can't testify he stole animal, so he slaughtered. So he slaughtered his own animal. <laughs> no penalty. So, they're ready, so their testimony was already thrown out. Even without them saying, that's what even without them testifying, how could you testify that he slaughtered the animal on Monday you out of town? Even if they never testify. But they already contradict their testimony. By the, by the witnesses saying that you weren't present on Sunday because, and therefore he never stole it. I don't know if he stole it or not, but you weren't present. Then automatically they're contradicting their testimony on Monday because you were coming on Monday and testifying that we saw him slaughter someone else's animal. You're lying. I mean, you, how could you know? How do you know it was someone else's animal? So your whole testimony that's obligating him to pay three times as much or another an extra three times on top of the kefal or an extra two what, for two times is is we're contradicting it mm-hmm. because if he weren't present on Sunday and we don't know if he stole it, it's garnished. So his his his, his testimony is already thrown out of court. Mm-hmm. Why are you still giving him a penalty of why does he have to pay all of it, all four and five? So this proves Rav's point. Hakosha, Rav says, "Ami," because it's a, it's a continuation. Mother pushes off. Amri in Yeshiva, they answer. He said, No, 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 it's not a proof. You know what we're talking about? My skin on Gitchus, my Altvich, Trilla. The mission is talking about, you're right. In a case like that, I would say, once, the, 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 once it's thrown out, once you establish there was no theft, or I don't know if there was a theft, there's no more testimony there was a theft. So he slaughtered it. So what? <laughs> what? There's no punishment. He's slaughtering his own animal. So it's thrown out of court. Then later on, when you come and testify, you weren't there on Monday, you're testifying. It was already thrown out. You can't testify and establish them as a false witness. Then they're no longer witnesses. They're out of the picture. There's no one here anymore. We're not, we're not sentencing anyone. They're gone. So there's no more penalty. In that case, you wouldn't pay the full four or five. You would only pay for the cave. What's the Mishnah talking about? First, they came on Tuesday and they said, you weren't there on Monday. How can you testify that he slaughtered it? Maybe you're right. On Sunday, what you're saying is correct. On Sunday, you were kosher witnesses. You said you saw them steal. I don't know, maybe yes. But what you're saying that on Monday, they slaughtered the animal that they stole, you weren't there on Monday. Immediately, the court says, okay, you try to obligate him on top of the kefal. An extra three oxen, an extra two sheep. You have to pay for that. False witnesses. That's the penalty. Whatever you try to do to him, you, 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 we do to you. Then they come along the next day and they say, by the way, you weren't even there on Sunday. <laughs> so then you end up paying everything, all four or five. But if it was the reverse, if first they testify, you weren't there on Sunday, you're right, you wouldn't pay. The three and five. 
Now the Gemara says that look the this argument from Abaye and Rav. This Abaye, whether you say it could be Hazama after Akasha, now the Rav says yes. In this case, the, the law follows uh, Rav. Rav says yes, and Rabbi says no. So this argument is an argument, the same argument like we find in the Merayim, Rabbi Yechon and Rabbi Lazar. Aidim, Shohu witnesses, I testify that so-and-so murdered someone. And you have a contradiction. Someone say he did murder, someone say he didn't murder. And then one of them turns out to be false witnesses. They weren't even present. There's an argument One say we carry out the sentence of Azama. You put him to death because they tried to put someone else to death. No, we already threw out their testimony. How could you how could you punish them? There's no longer any testimony to punish. There's no longer any witness to punish. They're not witnesses anymore. They're not cultural witnesses. They're not witnesses anymore. We throw them out. I don't know. One of you is definitely a liar. We don't even pay, listen to you anymore. So goodbye. So goodbye, Charlie. You're not even listening. How could we punish you? Your testimony was thrown out, erased from the court. As if it never happened. So what, we can't punish you. There's no testimony to punish. So this argument of Bayevidov is an argument that Rabbi Yechonah and Rabbi Lazar already argued about this. The Gemara says this time, I bring you a proof that Rabbi Lazar Adamad ain't an Usually when the Gemara says names, Rabbi Yechonah and Rabbi Lazar, it's the first one, the first one, Chadam and Eragin, that's Rabbi Yechonah, and the next one, Rabbi Lazar, I'll prove to you that that's exactly it. Rabbi Lazar is the one who says ain't Rabbi Lazar is the one who holds like a bayah. That once we, they're contradicted and we throw them out, that's it. There's no longer any case of Azam. Tamar Abu Lazar, Abu Lazar says, Adrib Shukhu bin Nefesh. Like, witnesses. Witnesses who were contradicted and turned out to be liars, not because they were Hazam. You get lashes. You don't get the punishment of Hazam, but you get lashes for, for saying, for being a false witness. He's talking about if you're going to say, it's not, it's not Kringle, it's a different name, right? Kringle is the same, it's another version of the other thing. Well, why do they get lashes? Have the lashes in those others, Mrs. Besden? We're not talking about a case of two against two. Why, why would, I don't know which one is lying. You can't give them Malgum. We're talking about two witnesses come and testify that so-and-so murdered so-and-so. You're, better, you're ready to sentence him to death. He's a murderer. And then the person, the victim, walks into court. <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm alive. Right, You know, uh, what's, what, did, uh, what did Mark Twain said? The news about my death is premature or whatever. <laughs> no one murdered anyone. <laughs> Obviously, you're false witnesses. You're as false as it gets. So you don't, you can't punish them as Sisim Lake Azam. Sisim Lake Azam is very clear. The punishment of Asisim like Azam, whatever they try to do, you do to them, is specifically in the case of Azam. I don't know why. It's exactly like that. If, if you're punishing them when they say they weren't even there, maybe maybe what they said happened really happened. When they when the case like this, where the guy walks into court, the dead person walks into court. Surely you should you try to, to, to murder an innocent person. You claim he's a murderer. The guy is alive. He didn't kill. No one was killed here at all. Surely you should you should put them to death. Not what the Torah says. But the Torah says, the Rabbi says you get Malchus, which is a big chiddush. Why should you get Malchus? 
because the Torah, it's, it's a love shame by mice. It's a, it's a, you only get malchus if you take action. I testified with my mouth, the power of the mouth. But in this case, the Torah says, like by Adam Zeman, you get malchus even for testifying. For testifying. And also, it's not just I, mouth. The mouth, I testify that my mouth has consequences. Because of your mouth, a person is going to die. The court was going to kill someone, you know, sentence someone to death. But the, so therefore you get malchus. So what's the proof that Abulazar is the one who holds that Akasha is not chilas azam? But he's not even going to say it. Abulazar, Abulazar is the one who holds Akasha chilas azam, and therefore he's the one who holds that they would the Adam Zayman would be put to death, even though they were already contradicted and already the testimony is already thrown out of court am I liking why, why would they get lashes why not because because any prohibition which could potentially could potentially lead to a death sentence there's no lashes the Torah says if you get a death sentence we don't give you a death it's a, it's a prohibition obviously any 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 case the Torah says that it's a capital crime. It's a prohibition. It's one of the six hundred thirteen. It's one of the three hundred sixty-five prohibitions. You don't get lashes, and we're going to put you to death. No such thing. Any prohibition which is a capital crime, there's only one punishment, exclusively death. If not, for whatever reason, we can't put you to death. But we're not giving you lashes. No, whatever. We're not yet. We're not. We're not giving it last. So Lav Shnit Mazaris Mrs. Bez, and if you're gonna say, so just because the person, the dead person, walked in and he's very much alive, obviously, we, you know, they're completely contradicted. The whole testimony's contradicted. Doesn't matter. If two witnesses later on came and say, wait a minute. How could you have testified you weren't even present? According to your testimony, you said on Sunday you witnessed this murder. You weren't even there. We would put him to death. We would fulfill the Hazamah. So this prohibition that they gave false testimony eventually could turn out into a death sentence. You can't give someone lashes in such a case. So how can Abel say they get lashes? Surely we must say, Shmami not to prove, Abelazar, the Ammarine Dogger. Abelazar holds that once they're contradicted, their testimony is thrown out. They're a joke. What testimony? What witnesses? There are no witnesses anymore. They're zero. They're nothing. Then you come and tell me they weren't present. Who, who wasn't present? He's not a witness anymore. He's disqualified as a witness. We don't pay attention to anything they say. So it doesn't matter. We can't give him the punishment of a season like Azar. So therefore, this will never lead and never come to a case where he's sentenced to death. So all there is is lashes. That's why we give him lashes. It's a proof. This principle that you don't, you don't give lashes on a prohibition which has a possibility of a death sentence It's a very broad, even if technically it'll never, can never lead to a death sentence. Let's say the person violated the, the prohibition, he was warned, you're going to get lashes. So he can never be sentenced to death, because he was never warned that he's going to be sentenced. But since there is a scenario where it's a possibility a case like this could lead to a death sentence, there's no lashes. So therefore in this case, if he wasn't contradicted, if the, the dead person didn't walk into the court, 
if, if theoretically it could have led to death he would have testified the person who murdered witnesses come and say you weren't present so that's enough for him to be exempt from lashes so it still doesn't explain how can Abelazah say that you get lashes in a case like this it's a they're testifying about a capital crime and if there wasn't Akasha, theoretically there wasn't Akasha, if there was just Hazama, he would be he would be sentenced to death. So therefore he should be exempt from punishment. So Taisu says that this case is different because the whole the whole idea of lashes in this case is a novelty. Because it's just verbal, there's no action. So the Torah says in this case you get lashes. And therefore, since the Torah says in this case you get lashes, therefore, since it's different than the rest of the Torah, in this case you get lashes, even though theoretically if it wasn't that kosher, there would be Mrs. Bezdin. But as long as in this narrow scenario where there was a kosher, it can never ever lead to Mrs. Bezdin. It can never lead to, to a capital punishment. Therefore, there's lashes. Okay. Maras. Oh, so you must say, what do you mean? Well, why should you get lashes? It's two against two. Who, who are you going to get lashes? I don't know which one is telling the truth. One of them is telling the truth. We're talking about the dead person comes to court. <laughs> you know, they say there was a, the olden days, the word got around, you know, people, things traveled with... Uh, Next Mishnah, what if he stole, the two witnesses testified that he stole the sheep or the ox, and then one witness comes and testifies that he slaughtered the sheep or the ox was sold, and he confesses. So he has to pay the double penalty, because he didn't confess that he stole it. We had witnesses testify, so he gets the penalty, but he doesn't get the penalty of, four, of, of paying on top of the kefal another three or four, another two or three, altogether four or five. Why? Because he confessed, or one witness is not enough to compel you to pay. Or the commissioner says, Ganaf, the Tavach was Shabbos. If he stole or he slaughtered, and then he slaughtered it on Shabbos. Ganaf, or he stole the Tavach Lavedazara, or he slaughtered it to the idol. Or he gone or he stole the sheep of the ox, which he from his father. And then his father died. And after his father died, and he inherits it, he slaughters and he sells. <clears throat> so he didn't slaughter the whole animal that belonged. Yeah, some of it belongs to his brothers. But he didn't slaughter the whole stolen animal. Half of, part of it is his. Or Or he stole it and then the ox of the sheep and he sanctified it designated it as a, to the temple after the owner already despaired he dedicated it to the temple so now between the despair and the tra- transferring of domains it's a valid hegdush and then he slaughters it and he sells it so he didn't slaughter the owner's animal he slaughtered the, the, the temple's animal all of these cases he has to pay double is exempt from paying four and five. Why? Because in the case uh, he did it on Shabbos or idolatry, he gets the death sentence. So when you, you don't you don't get the death sentence and pay at the same time. 
when he stole from the father and then the father died, he, 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 the animal now that he's slaughtering or is selling, he's a partial owner. So you don't have the penalty. The penalty is if, if the, the entire stolen animal is then slaughtered and, and, and it's not entirely stolen. Now a part of it is more, it's mine, it's a partial owner. And the Beis Amigdash, the penalty is only if you, if you, if the animal that you stole from the owner, you go ahead and slaughter. Not that I slaughtered the Beis Amigdash's animal, you don't have this penalty. Rav Shimon makes a distinction. If it's a type of animal that you designated to the Beis Amigdash, but you are responsible, for example, if you said, you made a nether, I'm promising to bring an offering to the Beis Hamikdor. So even if anything happens to this animal, you have a nether to keep. You made a promise. It's not a donation. Donation, here's a donation. This animal I'm designated as a sacrifice. If anything happens to it, it's yours. I don't have to replace it. If you make a nether, anything happens to it, you didn't keep your nether. It never happened. Where's the animal? So he said, that's what he's making a distinction. If it's a type of kachim, which is a ned uh, that you're responsible for, then you are responsible. Then the thief who slaughtered it has to pay four or five. Why? Because he's causing the owner to replace it. So it does have a value to the owner. But a different case. He's not talking about the same case as earlier. He's not arguing with our mission. If he if he stole the animal and then he sanctified and the animal the owner disappeared, and then the uh, the thief uh, designated as a sacrifice, and then he slaughtered it. Of course, with Kachim, there's no penalty of three the extra three and the extra two. Here we're talking about he stole a sacrifice that was already designated by the owner, and he stole the sacrifice. He stole a nether. So now he's causing the owner a loss. The owner has to replace the animal. So he has to pay. He has to pay the owner four and five times. But if he's not, but if it's a type of kachim, it's like a nadava. He's not responsible, pot, because then he's not causing the owner any loss. Okay, that's the mission. What's the mission coming to tell me in the first case? If one witness testifies, of course you don't pay four and five on one, four on one witness. We know that. Since when in the title do you believe one witness? Somebody they said in the yeshiva, how come Ashman is coming to teach me? When he says he confesses, it's similar to the one witness. If one witness, right? So yes, it's ineffective. But if another witness came, they would, the two of them, yeah, would combine, and then he would be liable. So when we say that he confessed, he came clean. He also Witnesses come afterwards, he is liable. This comes to exclude. says that once he comes clean, he confesses. Even if witnesses come later on, he's exempt. He's free already. So the, so he's, the mission, that's what he's saying, the mission is coming to teach me. That's not so. That just like if one witness, now you're free. But if a witness will come later on, you will be obligated. So too if you confess, and now you're free. But if later on witnesses come and say that we saw that you, so you slaughtered it and you sold it, you're liable. 
Gufa, let's quote. Now he quotes. I'm Rabbi Nimrod. I'm Rabbi Nimrod. 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 We learn the Brayz and Mayz. We come to see him and say, "Tevi Avdei." We come to by mistake, whatever he he blinded us. His his slave, Tevi, the famous slave, Tevi Avdei, the Mishnah and Brachas. Tevi Avdei is famous slave. In the Yerushalmi, it says he knocked out his tooth by mistake. And and Rabbi was excited. Was very happy. He was, a, he was a special slave, and now he's free. You're not allowed to free a slave. Now, by mistake, he knocked out his duke, or here he says he, he blinded him. So he, he, he had to free him. So he, fine, he's free, he's very happy. Matsu Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Ngaliel, bumped into Rabbi Shua, He said to him, He was excited to share the news. Didn't you hear? My Tevi Avde, the famous Tevi Avde, my slave is free. Amalei, Rabbi Shua said to him, Lama, why? I'm a lave. She's amazing to say that because I blinded him. I'm a lave. It's not enough to free him. You have no witnesses. You're testifying. You are confessing. You are coming clean. Since it's a penalty, whoever admits to a penalty, there's no penalty. So sorry to tell you <laughs> that he's not free. Sorry to share the bad news. Concluded. So what do we see from here? But if he would have been witnesses, even if after Rabbi Gamliel confessed and came clean, he would be obligated to... Not like you, Rabbi Huna, saying, Gamliel's case is different. There, you're right. If witnesses would have come afterwards, he would be compelled to free him. You know why? Because he never confessed in court. He confessed to Rabbi Yeshua. But if he would have confessed in court, it would have been an official confession. Then it doesn't matter. Too, too late. If witnesses come later, he's not obligated. In fact, mother Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua was the head of the Bezdin, was, was the, the vice president of the Bezdin, Abbezdin Havin. After Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, you know the whole story, they impeached Rabbi Gamliel and they appointed Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah and then they reinstated him and Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah became the vice president. But after he passed away, Rabbi Yeshua became the vice president. He was our president. So he mother answers in 75 a. He wasn't in Bezin when he confessed. He just confessed him privately. Therefore, that's not considered a confession. But had he confessed in Bezdin, then it would be too late. Even the witnesses come, it would not matter. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful.